Hey, welcome to Village Church Q&A. Pastor Michael with you. I am in the studio with a good friend of mine, Peter. Now, Peter, you're from Uganda, and I cannot pronounce your last name. So would you pronounce your last name for us? So Chirianga. I can't say that. So um, I'm so glad you're here. And uh, I, uh, you and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other over the past about two years. We have some common friends. And because of what you do in Uganda, um, our worlds have crossed a little bit here. So um, you are a pastor of a church. Uh, your church also um, runs an orphanage as well as a school. And so you are navigating a whole bunch of various scenarios um, in your day-to-day ministry. Your world has also converged very directly with um, an issue that is really not something we deal with as much in the States, and that's of child sacrifice. So here's the the question I want to ask, and then I'd love to just kind of get behind your story and some of the realities that are happening um, in Uganda. And the question is this, does child sacrifice still happen today like it did in the Bible? Now, before you answer that, um, fair warning to all of our listeners that if you have kids around or anybody who is sensitive to issues like this, uh, I would encourage you just just press pause and play this later when they're they're not around. So, so Peter, does child sacrifice still happen today? Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes, child sacrifice is still happening today on a, a very large scale in mm. Uganda at the moment, and it's something that we deal with on a daily basis mm. as a ministry um, for now over ten years that wow. I've been working in that area. It does happen, and uh, we look after those children that have survived in our rehabilitation center and work with families and dealing with grief and trauma and all aspects of legal investigative processes mm. to, to help them through that, um, as well as advocating and trying to bring an end to this issue. So it is happening. Mm. Uh, children are being kidnapped and, and sacrificed on a daily basis. And uh, I mean, if you uh, can go through how that process yeah, happens is uh, there are quite a number of different forms. Um, one, the majority of the children don't survive, they die. And mm. outrightly, the, the purpose is to kill them, take their blood and take the body parts off. Mm. Those body parts, uh, you know, come from cutting off complete head and take it, use it for witchcraft purposes, um, cut off body parts as the witch doctors or those that believe in witchcraft would uh, uh, desire. Mm. Could be ears chopped off, nose, tongues, uh, most often genitals. Mm. And uh, on a number of occasions, some of the uh, bodies of these uh, innocent children have been ripped apart and mm. taken into organs like the heart or the, the throat. Mm. And uh, they use those in uh, witchcraft concoctions as directed by those that believe in it. Mm. Uh, when you go to areas where there are waters, uh, lakes and rivers, unfortunately some kids have been uh, taken into the deep waters um, and the sacrifice there sometimes happens through drowning. They'll put mm-hmm. a stone on the child and drown the child mm-hmm. and sacrifice to the gods of the waters they believe. Mm. And we have had scenarios um, of those cases um you find you know um, bodies floating without head and mm. and uh, so yes it is happening we're dealing with it um highly in connected to witchcraft and those that believe in the witchcraft that they believe that the spirits or the witch doctors of 
um, you know, they believe that they are sacrificing for the gods. And then there are those who have seen an economic activity outside of the mm. practice and use a, a deception, a manipulation, mm -hmm. chemical reactions to lie uh, to people that, you know, you can mm. uh, get rich or get blessings or protection through sacrificing a child. Uh, but they are actually doing it for their economic benefit yeah. and they will kill a child. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is happening and we're dealing with it in, um, firsthand in, in Uganda. Wow. So one of the, what, what would draw somebody like to go to a, a, was it a witch doctor? I mean, what do you, what do you call them? Uh, we call them witch doctors. They're yeah. not really doctors. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's yeah, a fair generic name that has come so common. Yeah. Uh, I commonly used in our uh, uh, circumstances at the moment. It's easier to understand, so it's been adopted in that way. Yeah. But uh, they are uh, witches. Yeah. Uh, so what would so let's say I'm a I'm a dad, and I've got a kid. What would what would draw me to sacrifice my child and bring them to you or what would draw me to hire someone to go kidnap another child? Like, what am I wanting to get out of this? Uh, yeah, that's actually the, one of the most um, saddening thing is we have seen parents involved and mm -hmm. we have worked on a number of cases where a father has kidnapped their own children, taken them for mm -hmm. sacrifice and they have actually participated in the mutilation and the killing of this child. Mm. And uh, when it comes to that level, it's beyond imagination that it, the first party to protect that child is the father, mm -hmm. the parent, and they're yeah. involved in it. And uh, there are a couple of scenarios. One, some of those parents uh, believe in this witchcraft mm -hmm. and uh, you know, they are inclined that you know, these children uh, belonging to their gods and so whenever they feel that their gods are demanding that child they mm -hmm. are inclined to uh, sacrifice that child some of them are under some form of fear or pressure mm -hmm. from other people that control them it could be their bosses it yeah. could be those that have assumed power over them as witch doctors or mm -hmm. their spiritual witchcraft leaders and they'll tell them you will if you want to leave or protect your business or get wealth because you're too poor, you have to sacrifice your child. One, because I have the control and spiritual power over you. I claim to have that. So I will, I have the right to tell you what to do and you have the right, you know, to, to follow and believe. And then of course, there are others that uh, they are bosses and say, look, I'm rich, uh, you are my servant. If you want to be like me, mm. you know, my spirits are demanding a blood of sacrifice and, uh, uh, you can you sacrifice your child? And um, we were working together, so they have a sense of safety and protection within their circles to be able to, um, you know, to sacrifice those children. You know, I'll pay you more money, and yeah. you know, they want to get out of poverty because of desperation. And of course, uh, others because they're desperately poor, yeah. and uh, they want to, you know, take care of themselves, or take care of their family. Yeah. Um, and they have inclination that those kind of, you know, uh, that, that jumping from that poverty cycle will help them and their family. And that is the, the driver 
they're willing to do it at any cost. And so, and then you have others that are, you know, outright um, networks that are working with all these other people to yeah. kidnap and supply, and there's a demand and supply in all different aspects within those that want to sacrifice for their wealth or buildings. Mm. Uh, for example, there are people in, in the city areas that have a building skyscrapers and they believe that before you build a skyscraper, you have to sacrifice a, uh, have a blood sacrifice of a child under the foundation. Mm. And we have had scenarios where children have, buried, have been buried alive and mm. they just pour concrete on that for, for the belief that that will help them finish or have enough money to finish their construction mm. sites. So it happens in all different circles. It has taken away the humane aspect of mm. um, of those that are involved. Yeah. They don't see the value of life, especially the value of the vulnerable, mm. innocent children. Um, so you guys have a rehabilitation center that you guys um, lead. Yeah. So what, you shared a story with me recently about, yeah. um, I think it was a boy that you had found, um, I think that story illustrates how kids end up getting into your rehabilitation yeah. center. Um, would you share kind of, kind of his story? Yeah, we, I, at first when I heard of this and I started getting involved, the, the last thing I wanted to get involved in was the rehabilitation center. Cause I, I <clears throat> did not really have the component of supporting it yeah. financially and otherwise, but, uh, the, we rescued a child who is, um, uh, surviving now, mm. but she was kidnapped by two witch doctors, kept mm. in a shrine for a whole year as a continuous blood sacrifice. Mm. They uh, tied her up and continuously drained blood from her, fed her barely nothing, and she became mm. completely crippled and disabled uh, to the extent that she needs a 24-hour carer for her life to sustain. And uh, she can't speak, she can't mm. talk, she can't feed herself, but she has the most happy spirit in mm. her life. And so I looked around to places that cared for children to, to care for her as we continue to help other families and nobody wanted her. Mm. One, for reasons that she had been in a witch doctor shrine for years and mm. some people had that fear yeah. that she's probably, you know, cast. Two, she was too disabled to care for. Her name mm. is Hope. And uh, after moving around, mm. knowing that there's nobody who will care for her, her family lives so far in the village, mm. um, and they, she could not stay with them or sustain her, they could not sustain her medical circumstances. Mm. So we started with her just one child, and then other children that we found still nobody wanted to have them. Yeah. And that's how we ended up. So our rehabilitation center has all sorts of different um, circumstances of children. The last one before I left to come to the U.S. was mm. a child uh, that we rescued from her father who was obviously going to sacrifice her. He had sacrificed two of her older siblings. Mm. Um, and she's there, traumatized, doesn't have anywhere to go. And we have other kids with hands cut off, mm. uh, others who were you know, thrown outside of the car when we were chasing these witch doctors and mm. they threw one child in the road and the child got deformed, damaged through that process. Mm. Um, so the rehabilitation center is there for trauma counseling, medical, 
and social protection as we follow up these cases in courts of law, because mostly these children are the key witnesses. They know who did this to them. If you leave them in the community where they are, they are not <clears throat> safe enough to be able to sustain, to help in the prosecution of yep. these cases. So we care for them and also mm. give them an education. We have kids whose genitals have been mutilated there mm. uh, and are going through rehabilitation and all sorts of different damages mm. um, that we have and care for. Yeah, well, so obviously this is demonic in nature and um, Satan is behind all this. And yep. so you you and your team uh, collaborating with the government and, and other people are on the front lines of stopping it. Um, have do you guys have concern for you or any of your team being in physical danger because the evil one hates you and you're getting in the way of his work? That has been going uh, for from the beginning. There has been a personal threat to me, mm-hmm. um, more intense actually the last one month before mm-hmm. I came to the U.S. because there were a series of things that happened when they passed a law which we've been pushing for two years on mm. prohibition of human sacrifice in Uganda that mm. has been a, an answer to prayer for many years that we've been pushing through parliament. And it passed. And once it passed, there was an uproar of mm. witch doctors saying, you know, actually one of them was on television saying that you will die before any of the witch doctors dies for the law that you have pushed in parliament. Mm. And, uh, and then almost immediately there was a huge trafficker who was uh, we exposed through working with the BBC. Uh, mm. He was arrested crossing the border, and mm. it was big news all over yeah. uh, uh, Uganda and, um, and others that we have taken into prison because mm. they have killed. So there is imminent danger. There's been a suggestion from other people that I should get protection or some of our team, but we know that the Lord protects us. Mm-hmm. And we are cautious in our engagements and uh, committed to our pursue for justice for these kids and trust that God has called us to do this and that God will protect us. Of course, the aspects of looking for safety and protection are there, but we don't rely on them. We rely more on God's protection. There's there's danger protection. We have safety and uh, uh, physical um, security on our campus mm-hmm. to protect the children that we have and so, some safety around mm-hmm. uh, the children. And of course, not moving anywhere that we just want to move. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so what took, two, what took two years for that to go through? Are, are politicians in favor of this? Is the, uh, is the, are the, is the population of Uganda divided on the issue? I mean, it strikes, I mean, sitting on this side of the world, um, it strikes me that this is a no-brainer, make it illegal, and I would hope that the people, the vast majority, would defend this law. Uh, yeah, a couple of things. One, uh, it took long because one, there was a, a denial mm. from government that this was happening. Mm. Uh, and rightly so, because a lot of people probably haven't come in close contact with a victim or child that has been dead. Mm. Uh there's no denial that there's witchcraft. There's no denial that politicians and people in government use it. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the first thing. I mean, the first years when we were fighting this issue, mm. uh, 
I was almost threatened to be charged of treason because I was speaking against the government don't doing anything. Um, and then uh, we're pushing going to parliament and and you see the trend when there's uh, political rallies and elections in Uganda. Mm. And not only in Uganda, I've read uh, even in other countries where this is also happening. Yeah. Uh, in times of elections, the cases go up. Mm. In the last election, which just ended about a year ago, about eight months ago, mm -hmm. we had 46 children sacrificed. And that is... Uh, a scenario that had the pandemic closures where we could not follow up other cases. Before I left, but actually while I was here, we found four other children that we never actually were able to, to follow up yeah. four cases uh, because of the closures that were killed through the elections process. And that is the same trend in the elections of 2016. And I've, uh, so I cannot, pointed to a particular politician, but that's what happens. Yeah. And then they, uh, last year in October, in November, a child was sacrificed mm. and cut the, the person who did that cut off the head of the child, put it in the bag and was bringing it to the speaker of the Ugandan parliament mm. and right at the door of the political house. Yeah. And so, it, for me, not that that child was, uh, it was a wake-up call to the government that, you know, this is coming to your door. Sadly, mm. the child passed away. Yeah. Um, and so there was a denial. Mm. And uh, until uh, we, were, we were able to compile all the cases we've worked out, mm. printed books and supplied to all members of parliament to mm. be able to understand, okay, this is a reality happening and sure. these are real children and these are real families. And then that's when the speaker then decided we're going to expedite this law and pass it and it was wow. passed um, just recently. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. You, you and I have spent a little bit of time talking about this, but uh, you can go as deep or not as you want to. How do you and your team personally process the images that you come upon? These are um, obviously for the kids going through them that survive or their families. These are powerfully traumatic moments that are going to stick with them for the rest of their life. Um, how do you like right now? Like, I mean, you're, you are reliving right now for what for some people would be, um, such traumatic moments they they couldn't even speak of it having just seen it you know what i mean but this seems to be kind of your every your every day you know kind of waking up dealing with this stuff and it's just how do you personally and your team how do you deal with trauma it's um at first we didn't really even understand uh, there's a complete uh, misunderstanding of what trauma is in uganda mm -hmm. so uh, and I can come to that, but on a personal level, I was ripped up, uh, ripped apart. I mean, what's the right word? I was uh, word. confronted, okay, yeah. uh, firsthand by this, and uh, I came sick to the call. Yeah, and uh, that's when I personally made a resolve that I'm going to try to stop it or help kids that have gone through it. And uh, it doesn't get better mm. because. For me, the f 
the, the last child I saw sacrificed is as fresh to my soul as the first child I saw sacrificed 10 years ago. Mm. And it brings the same manifestations and pain and frustration and anger yeah. uh, to the continuation of this happening. And now in our team, we have a dedicated um, team that works on this and not necessarily shares this with everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, even those that care for the children will probably stop on the physical, visual aspects of the child in, this, mm. in the rehabilitation center, but not to the gravity of what happens when mm. we are, you know, picking up the body parts of the child and, mm. and you know, wrapping them in paper and mm. taking them for forensic examinations to sustain prosecutions. Yeah. So it's quite traumatic. And over the years, we have now really walking back the journey to see, okay, these are the things that have been happening in our lives that are actually traumatic in nature. Now we are getting help uh, mm. to describe those and dealing with it. To me, at some point, um, some of the anxieties and the fears and the, and the sleeplessness and, the, uh, you know, dreams, yeah. I never related that to trauma until I was actually able to connect with those people that have professionals in trauma handling and counseling. And they're like, okay, Peter, you're, you're sick. Yeah. You need to get constant stops, care for yourself and your team and help yourself, including uh, your gracious wife that has mm -hmm. helped to uh, describe some of these things to mm -hmm. us and, and aspects uh, mm -hmm. of how to deal with it that I'm coming many years back mm -hmm. and say, okay, yeah. Peter, I had this issue in my life. I would come back home and I just don't want to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. And Jolene, my wife would ask me, uh, how was your day? And I just don't know how to describe it. Yeah. And um, I'm like, you don't talk much. Why are you not talking? And, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I am still balancing that. And so now we've gone into understanding that on a deeper level mm. and uh, drawing boundaries and uh, creating rhythms yeah. and, and dealing with it as well as more spiritual than uh, getting the spiritual aspect of it. Um, and not having controls uh, to the gravity that it can affect our deeper soul. But the fact is, it is the reality that Every time you see another case of a child, mm -hmm. it rips your soul and you go back into. And then the, the trauma to the kids is absolutely, you know, uh, undescribable. Mm. Yep. Yeah, we have a, a mutual friend who introduced us and, um, you know, they flew you and Julian, Julian out to America just to get a vacation. Yep. Because it's unrelenting. I'm, I'm, I must say I'm thankful for that. And we spend that, at least a bit of that together, yeah. jumping on the tubing. <laughs> and, and this is incredible yeah. because as I was just standing in the foyer after the service uh, yesterday, the village yeah. church, uh, one of the ladies I met last time I was here mm -hmm. came to me and said, hey, Peter, how are you? I said, I'm, I'm good. Which is, she immediately sensed the presence on my face, I guess. And mm -hmm. she said, you look relaxed. Mm. I'm like, I just came back from tubing on the lake. 
I have no problems. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun. And I'm in that moment. Yeah. And f- in- interestingly, she mentioned that. And I was like, mm. praise God, I want to be relaxed. Yep. And uh, I mean, a great blessing from somebody I actually did not expect to say that, yeah. to say that I'm relaxed, I'm yep. connected. Because yep. um, all the time I'm thinking, okay, what am yeah. I doing back home? So right. Even um, though somebody totaled your car this week, <laughs> took your car without, without even asking your permission and totaled it. And then how many people did they hit? Uh, three people. Okay. That <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> well, that, that's what it's like. Uh, the line of spiritual warfare and um, just little ways that the evil ones like, yeah. you know, but it's like, while you're trying to rest yeah. and refresh and get your brain together, yeah. uh, you know, you get these text messages and yeah. it's like, Oh, Hey, I took your car, hit yeah. three people it's at the police station. What are you going to do about it? What? You know, and at some point, you know, if the evil one could sabotage, you yeah. just rest. There's a lot of spiritual position on a daily basis that mm-hmm. you have to stop and pray and focus and focus on God. Because mm-hmm. without God and without the spiritual protection from all other uh, faithful brothers mm-hmm. and sisters are praying, there's no way we could even make a one yeah. step closer mm-hmm. to saving the lives that we could have, that the Lord has saved or uh, bringing justice to the cases that are come to logical conclusion uh, or safety for ourselves and and those uh, other children that you know are vulnerable back home yep you know you remember when um you were preaching here and uh, last year (laughs) so we've never had a fire alarm issue we got to the because the point of the service where you you came up to share your story literally the fire alarm goes off and we all have to leave the building. Remember, we go outside. Yeah. It was the first service. And uh, police come. We, you know, we fix the issue. This has never happened before. Literally, as soon as you get up, right? So second service comes along. And um, uh, I, I think, I, was it me preaching or Earl? One of us was preaching. And the, but you came up at the last, like, 10 minutes yep. was, like, you. And we're going to share some stuff that you were doing. So you, you get up again. Second service. Stupid alarm goes off. Again. Yep. Again. It was nuts. Yep. And, uh, I, and I was... Every, everyone in the church was well aware. It's like Satan did not want anyone to hear what you were doing. Interestingly, when I arrived last uh, week, I was in Boston for just a few days. And I just uh, went to attend a service. And the pastor said, hey, we have some visitors from you going here. So I came just to say hello. Mm. The machines got off. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know. Mention. I did not mention. There's like an electromagnetic pulse that radiates from you, <laughs> that shuts down church tech. About oh, uh, the enemy's always fighting. Yeah, and uh, we won't give him a chance. No, I, I, I'm sort of convinced that Satan has a deal with with uh, Jesus. That Jesus is like, listen, you can't touch the people, but you can mess with their church tech all you yeah. want. <laughs> you know, and uh, so what's interesting. What's so funny is. Uh, uh, this weekend, our alarm tripped, and we have no idea why. We actually put in a whole new alarm system um, just to prepare ourselves for when you came back, and it was not cheap. No, we needed to do it. But um, so then this week, um, it it tripped again. We, we I still don't know why it tripped, you know. But I was confident that if you were speaking in church yesterday, I was in Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're in Michigan. Like how close? Well, we went to together. Be? I know. So uh, it, it was just funny, but I was just reminded that like uh, the evil one does not want people to hear anything you do. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the end of this and nothing recorded. You know, like there's like an electromagnetic pulse from the sun that like erases all of all of our, our database or something like that. But uh, you know, it just kind of goes with the territory, and you're used to it. And and uh, I appreciate you being 
literally on the front lines of something that um, um, I, I have a hunch that it'll be hard for most people to get through half of this. You know what I mean? And but this is your your everyday. I think it's a story that needs to be told. It's a story that people need to hear. Um, it's a story that people uh, need to learn to pray for you and your ministry about. Um, it's amazing how legislation can prevent evil. So yeah. there's something really powerful that you guys are on the front line um, there. And uh, and you still get to be a pastor and uh, preach the word, right? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, I really want to thank you. And mm -hmm. a lot of people here in the village church have been praying for us. The, the relational aspect, the conversation that we had, mm -hmm. even just about, you know, just the gospel mm -hmm. and get to sit down and listen uh, to you preach and uh, feed myself and just your know, conversation like uh, about God eating God and it yes. G O A T just having yes. a fellowship is yeah. just uh, for me and yeah. for I mean for my wife and I who are yeah. here at the moment is just uh, of reassuring and encouraging and you know I'm short of the prayer cover mm. uh, that you know you guys are giving us and just thank you yeah love you bro love you too and uh and we cannot give out the gospel because there's nothing we can do without christ mm. so the church is a is the birth of the what's happening mm. and and without it we cannot do anything yep amen so awesome was loaded and uh i want to just thank you for joining us and we got more on Ville Church Q&A, so thank you. Thank you. I want to encourage you. Um, as Peter and Jolene and their ministry come to your mind, uh, pray for them. If you want to know more about them, follow up with us, and we'll share you more about their, with, with you about their ministry. Thank you for joining us.